So today I'm going to be talking about how to um, birth the promises of God in your kids. How to birth the promises of God in your kids. Now it doesn't matter if your kids are old or young. Um, it doesn't matter if you're spiritual moms in this. And it actually doesn't even matter if you're moms. The, the, what we're going to be talking about really is, uh, applies to everybody. But today we're focusing on moms. On moms. I have a couple questions for you. Moms. Do you believe that God has a purpose for your kids? Do you believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your kids? Do you think, moms, you have a role in that? Or do you just leave it up to God? Do you have a role to play in that? Okay, here's another question. Um, Do you question sometimes that you have what it takes? (laughs) Especially when the world is screaming at you probably a different message, right? Have you considered that moms, you probably have one of the strongest influences in your kids' lives? Have you considered that? Lastly, and this is probably so important, do you believe that God wants to do the miraculous in and through your kids' lives, and God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he will do the miraculous like he did in the times of the Bible? And through history, that God wants to do something so significant in and through your kids. Do you believe that? And the moms who have kids that have gotten older and are a little wayward, like, I don't, be- I don't know if I believe that anymore. <laughs> I want to help you raise your faith, moms, to believe that God is not done with your kids yet. God is not done with your families yet. So how can we birth, moms, how can you birth the promises of God in your kids is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to look at a few moms in the Bible. We're going to look at how they interacted with God in their kids. And we're going to look at the patterns and we're going to look at some principles that you will realize you can apply to your own life. So here, here we go. Do you know the name of Samson's mother, first of all, Samson's mother. We started today with some trivia um, on moms, but do you know the name of Samson's mother? Okay, it's not fair. I'm actually asking a trick question on the first question. That's not fair. Uh, We actually don't know Samson's mother's name. It's never listed in the Bible. She's always referred to as Manoah's wife. So um, Samson's father is Manoah, and a great godly woman, but she's never listed. We don't know her name. But if you turn with me to Judges chapter 13, Judges chapter 13, I I am trusting and praying that God is going to speak to your heart today. Please take notes, have your Bibles, have your devices. Look this up for yourself. Don't take my word for it. We want the word of God to speak to you today. I'm just guiding you to those places. So in Judges chapter 13, and now looking at Samson, if you remember who Samson is, Samson was a super strong guy, right? And um, he ended up having his eyes gouged out at the end of his life, but God had a plan for him. And the plan started this way, that Manoah's wife really wanted a child, and an angel of the Lord came to her and, and basically said that he's going to give her a child, but she is to consecrate him before the Lord, and that he's to raise him as a Nazarite, 
and he'll be used to save Israel. So here's a couple things in this. She has an encounter with God about her son. God gives some instructions about her son and, and his life is to be for a purpose, to actually save uh, the Israelites from the, uh, from the Philistines. So first of all, raise him as a Nazarite. What does that mean? So there's a Nazarite vow that an Israelite's consecrated to the service of God. And under that vow, they're to abstain from alcohol. They're to grow, never cut their hair. So their hair, Pastor Richie, are you a Nazarite? <laughs> I just, that two and two just came together for, uh, for me. I've never seen you drink alcohol. Your hair is... And have you touched a dead body? Because that's the other thing that we need to know. Well, we know you have been consecrated for service of the Lord, and your father, who was a pastor in the Philippines, would be so proud of you right now, Richie. Yeah, so proud of you. So the interesting thing we can read in Judges chapter 13 about this... uh, how, how she's supposed to be raising her son. And, and have you even thought of this? Have you even thought that there might be specific instructions of how God is wanting you to raise your child? And are you willing to listen to what those instructions are? But th- this is what I love. In, in Judges chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Now when your words come true... What is to be the child's manner of his life? And what is his mission? Have you asked that of the Lord for your kids in a while? Where you begin to say, God, what is the purpose? Moms, have you said that? Have you talked to God about that lately? What is the purpose of my children's life? What's the mission that you've placed inside of them? So if it truly was that it's just left up to life and left up to happenstance, I don't believe that that parent would have asked that question, that Manoah's wife would have considered what it means to raise a child in such a way that God's purposes would be used in his life. So Samson, um, I'm glad she raised him as a Nazarite. Samson was, used his physical strength. We would know him from the stories in the Bible of the, um, the jawbone of a, what was it, of an ox? Jawbone of some animal, and he, he fought. I mean, he's so strong. But he actually led Israel for 20 years. He's actually honored in Hebrews 11 in the Hall of Faith. Um, he was a flawed man. This is the interesting thing. And a lot of trouble pursued him because he gave in to his flesh. But he was used mightily by God. And God's promises came to fruition in his life. But I believe, I believe it started with a praying mom who was concerned about what God had planned for his life. All right, let's move on here to another one. Okay, do you know who is the son of Hannah? Who's the son of Hannah? Old Testament. Samuel, Samuel. So Hannah desperately wanted a child and um, she couldn't have kids. And for a season, she thought she was going to be barren. And she actually went and was praying 
in a temple. The priest thought she was drunk because she was like murmuring um, under her breath. She's like, no, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Please, I'm just saying, I'm just so burdened in my heart. And have you ever been that burdened? Parents, moms who've wanted to have kids. Like, God, I just, if, if you would just grant that request. Well, God grants her request, but she kind of made a deal with God said, first and saying, God, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. Now, kind of a bold prayer. And, but she did, but she did. She gave birth to a son named Samuel. Um, and, and this is what she says in 1 Samuel 1, 28. 1 Samuel 1, 28. If you want to read the account, it's a great, it's a beautiful account of a mom's heart and a mom's pain at first and then moves to joy. But, oh my word, I, I, imagine the pain though of what she's decided to do when she says, I'm committing, I'm dedicating him to the Lord, that after he was weaned, she gave him up to the priest's house to the temple, to be raised in that order. And uh, talk about conviction of just saying in, in that heart of obedience. But this is what she says in 1 Samuel 1, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. Do you, have you thought about that, about your own children? Really, actually, it's the other way around. God owns our kids, right? We're stewarding their life. But I love that picture of just saying, you know what? I am giving you, Lord. I'm giving you, God, my, my child. My child is, is really meant for you, God, to your purposes to be done in my child's life. But the, it would be so easy, and I think we've done that, right? We, we, in our desperation, we cry out to God asking for an answer, and then when God answers, we kind of like, well, I didn't really mean that, right? But yet here, Hannah was faithful in obedience to the Lord, what he has asked of her. Can I just tell you, this is amazing what Samuel ended up doing. And it started with a mom who was obedient to the call, who was a mom who was saying, my child is lent to the Lord, who's dedicated their child to the Lord. This is what Samuel's accomplishments are, some of the facts of his life. He was a priest and he was the last judge of Israel. So we went through judges and then before the monarchy started with Saul and David. Actually, Samuel was the one who anointed King Saul and King David. He was the first prophet and he is also a Nazarite, like Samson. I don't know if you knew that. Actually, that was a little tidbit of, of knowledge that I, for some reason, didn't register before. He's also a Nazarite like Pastor Richie. <laughs> I'm kidding, Pastor Richie. All right. He's a Nazarite like uh, Samson. So my question on both of these cases is, it starts with a praying mom. It starts with a mom who is interested in dedicating their kids to the Lord. And their accomplishments are so significant. God worked miracles through their kids' lives. Imagine what would happen if we began to dedicate moms, dedicate your kids to the Lord. That you say, you know what? I am, they are yours, God. And my job is to pray what is the purpose for their life. And I'm going to steward that to see your promises worked out in their life. 
Okay, lastly, I got another little uh, trivia question for, for you. Do you know who the son is, uh, Jochebed? The son of Jochebed. Moses is the son of Jochebed. Moses. Now we know Moses uh, as the baby that was in the little basket in the Nile River. So here's what happened. So the, there's an edict um, by Pharaoh in Egypt. They, Pharaoh was getting very um, threatened by the Hebrew people um, in his land. They're becoming more numerous. And they said the Hebrew women were so robust, they're popping out babies like nothing else. He was getting concerned, so he wanted to kill them off by killing the firstborn baby boys. But I am grateful for Jochebed, a Hebrew mother of Moses who, um, who chooses to put little baby Moses, three months old, in the Nile River. Long story short, Moses gets adopted by actually Pharaoh's daughter, and then we know a little bit about Moses' story, and we'll go through that in a moment. But in Hebrews 11.23, Hebrews 11.23, I love this verse because it's a recounting what took place in um, this story of Moses, this historical account. And it says this, by faith Moses, when he was born, and I would say this, by the faith of Jochebed, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Two things that are going on in that scripture right there. One is they had faith that God's promises had something to do with their son Moses. Now they said he was beautiful and and I think all parents think their kids are beautiful, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they felt like there were some purposes in, their, in Moses' life. But I, the other part I like about this is they were not afraid of the king's edict. In other words, it's like, that is not right, Pharaoh, and I'm not going to follow what you're saying. I'm going to do what I feel like is right. And parents, I think sometimes the pressure of this world and the pressure of, of our society and, and things that come at us you still, moms, have the ability to say, no, 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 I'm not bending my knee to that. Amen. I have faith to believe in what God's purposes are. I'm not bending my knee to the societal pressures. You don't have to be afraid of the king's edict. You can have faith in what God has said. So Moses... <laughs> God used Moses, this baby that could have been killed, but by the faith of his mother, and thankfully his parents weren't afraid. Moses, a prophet that allowed God to work supernaturally through his life. Remember the plagues? God did the miraculous through his life. Then all of these hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of he, he led them out of captivity, out of slavery, towards the promised land. He also received the Ten Commandments. Isn't this amazing when you think about this? Because I think sometimes we hear these stories and we forget it started with a mom. It started with a mom who was, had full of faith and who wasn't afraid. And 
And God gives Moses the Ten Commandments that for thousands of years, I wish they were still in our halls of our places of justice, and I wish they were still in our schools. But the Ten Commandments, God gave the Ten Commandments that people followed for hundreds of years, thousands of years. Also, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Did you know that? It's called the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible. But Moses' life that God wanted to use started by a mom, a mom who I'm sure considered what God's promises were and was not afraid to see them come to fruition. Okay, so what can we learn from these three um, stories? I'm going to break it down into some areas. It'll be on your screen here. You can take notes of this, but moms, and I would also say include dads, but this is for you moms. I think moms have a special gift. I think there's a sensitivity that moms have that are, is a real gift that God's placed inside of them to see their kids walk into the promises of God. But number one, moms, attune your spiritual ears to listen to the Holy Spirit and ask God, what is your child's purpose? And then dedicate them to God. Attune your spiritual ears. See, one of the stories was an angel of God showed up and I'd be like, well, if an angel shows up to me, of course I'll listen to him. But today we have the Spirit of God. We have the Holy Spirit who is with us, around us, and can speak to us. And we need to be able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying about our kids. In John 13, 16, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit will declare the promises that God has for your kids. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will not speak on his, on his own behalf, but will speak what is on the heart of God, the Father, for your kids. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. Number two, I think it looks, I think it must be spelled wrong up here. Number two, put number two up there. If it says, oh, I, spe- I did it right on that one. I, it's wrong on mine. All right. What does it say? It says, steady your heart and courageously obey God. Steady your heart and courageously obey God. Even when the culture is trying to tell you how to raise your kids. It's going to take courage, moms. Your kids are going to tell you this is the way they want to go. The society is going to tell you this is the way it's going to go. But it's going to take a praying mom to keep pointing to God and his word and say, no, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. And then when God speaks over your kids, the promises, right? And the Holy Spirit reveals what is the purpose for your child. You are going to have to stand in the gap you're going to have to stand in the gap because an enemy is wanting to take out your kids. And you need to have that courageous heart to obey God, even when the culture is trying to scream a different message to you and your kids. 1 Samuel 15, 22 through 23 says this. 1 Samuel 15, 22 through 23 Has the the Lord have great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? 
As in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So listening to the spirit of God and obeying what he says. He says, you can sacrifice all day long. You can just kind of like go through the motions, check some boxes and try to do the sacrificial thing. Like this is right, this is right. But he's saying, listen to what the spirit is saying and obey that voice. Listen and obey. Okay, number three. Let your faith be large. Moms, I want to encourage you today. Let your faith grow. Let your faith enlarge. Because God, for what God wants to do in your kids, it's going to be supernatural. It's going to be the works of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes, even for us as parents and moms, we can get a little bit afraid that, that God wants to use our kids in these ways, right? Some of your kids might be going overseas. Some of your kids might be going into dangerous places. Some of your kids might be standing up for something that's so anti-cultural that they're getting attacked. And yet, moms, you need to have faith to be enlarged, to be willing to allow God to use your kids in significant ways. It might be hard. It might not be the way that you envisioned it, but when your faith is large, you can trust that God is able and he's capable. And God has your child in his hands. Hebrews 11.6 says, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He's basically saying you need to have faith. Yeah, not just faith in Jesus, but faith in God who is able to do what he says. So Jesus, in responding to his disciples, um, when they questioned why they couldn't cast out a demon, he said it was because their lack of faith. But then... Your questioning is like, well, I don't feel like I have a lot of faith sometimes, but thank goodness for this verse, Matthew 17, 20. We probably, most of us know it. And I say to you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, very, very small, you'll say to that mountain, move from here and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Moms, have faith like a mustard seed for your kids. Have faith like a mustard seed for your kids. And let God move mightily in them. Moms, God is wanting to do something so significant in and through your kids' lives. And what God's gonna do in your kids' lives will be felt for generations to come. Look at Moses' life. We still have those 10 commandments on our, many of our walls, not as many as I hope, but many on our walls. Samson life, Samson's life, recounted for all generations to read the account of his accomplishments for the kingdom of God. Samuel's life, one that was used by God in such significant ways. But I think sometimes we can, 
we can watch or read those stories and say, well, that's them. My kids, and I would say, yes, your kids have significant callings on their life. God has purposed them to be alive for this season. And he's designed them specifically and he's placed them in your family and he's placed them in your care and he's known that moms, you have what it takes. I know you don't feel it sometimes, but I want your faith to rise. I want your ears to be attuned. It starts with a mother that's listening to God, having the courage of heart to obey and the faith to know that God is able. Moms, I believe in you. God believes in you. He wouldn't have entrusted that child to you if he didn't. But sometimes it's a good reminder like today to have our, our minds reoriented and our faith built and our courage bolstered to realize that that you are important and you are so significant in your child's life. The power of a mother is significant. Especially when God wants to birth a promise in and through your kids' lives. Moms, many times it starts with you. I know that can feel like a heavy burden, but it's not. All you need to do is attune your ears, listen to what the Spirit of God is saying, walk out in obedience to what the Spirit is saying to you, and then have faith to know that God is able. Because it's not up to you to see that promise come to fruition. It's up to the child and it's up to God. But it does start with a mother. You have significance, moms. We champion you today. We honor you today. And we're excited to see what God is going to do in and through your kids. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.